This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. In this mess, and not only that, he is joining us for this NHL preview, and also joining me, as always, my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the D three Harry brother Brian Darren the Pauly kid. What is happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? How you doing, Sal? What's going on, buddy? Michael, you could chime in too with the because you're go ahead. We'll, we'll give you a chance to say hi there. Yeah. How's it going, Sal? There you go. Mm -hmm. See, we got Michael. He's our resident hockey expert. NHL, I think the puck, puck drops uh, Tuesday, right? So this is it. This is this pod drops Tuesday. The puck drops Tuesday. We're going to go over Stanley Cup picks, awards picks, uh, who will and won't make the playoffs. We'll have miscellaneous futures bets. And we're going to talk to the great Eddie Olchek, former player, former coach. He's calling games for the Kraken and for TNT. Um, let's start off by telling last season, a final four that I think Parley kid, we could say the casual fan wasn't impressed with, right? Carolina, Florida, Vegas, Dallas, but turned out to be entertaining games. I don't know if it affected the ratings. Uh, Bruins were knocked out early. We're going to talk about that in a minute, if they could bounce back. But, uh, what do you expect out of a final four in terms of, um, name recognition? Yeah, you know, so once the NHL playoffs start, it's kind of a free-for-all, right? So yeah. it, it's hard to really predict, uh, unlike maybe some of the other sports where you're going to see the usually the top four or five seeds advance to conference finals. Um, I think just looking at what everybody here is picking, I think we're all rolling with some uh, pretty favorable teams. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see, uh, you know, the powers to be like, the Maple Leafs, who it's been a long time for them to make a really deep, deep, deep run. Maybe mm -hmm. they, it's their turn this year. I'll be talking a little bit about the Edmonton Oilers in a second. Well, let's so do maybe it. Let's jump right into it. Some of the story franchises are back, Sal. They are back. But it is a toss-up. Yeah, let's go, Sal. Let's, let's so talk about it. FanDuel has odds for the Avalanche to win the Cup at plus 850. The Carolina Hurricanes are right there at 9-1. to one. The Devils are 10-1. to one. And the Maple Leafs you talked about are 11-1. And also, your pick, the Edmonton Oilers, 11-1 to win the Cup. Why are they going to do it? Well, Sal, getting the Oilers here who have maybe the top two players in the league at 11-1, to one, I think is real good value at this time of the year. 109 points last year. 325 goals for 260 against a little high, of course, there. Sal, in the second round of the playoffs last year, you're thinking this team might get over the hump. Vague, playing the eventual Stanley Cup champs in the Vegas Knights, 2-2 with a 2-1 lead late in game five. Three goals in 90 seconds by the Vegas Knights. Edmonton yeah. could not recover. But as we've seen in hockey, teams – seem to take the next step the year after. I think this team, look, we have McDavid in the prime. It's hard to believe that this guy's actually now entering the prime of his career with mm -hmm. Dreisaitl, age of 27. 
He's two of the most dominant players in the league. But forget that. They have shored up some of their roster. A lot of it comes down to their defense. They have some bruisers on the defense. I'll be talking about one of the defensemen in a second. Okay. But, Sal, it does come down a lot to their goaltending, right? They have to be better. A combination of Skinner and Campbell should be good enough because we know once you get to the playoffs, it almost doesn't matter. You just need a hot goalie. You need a hot goalie. Campbell or Skinner have to get hot this year towards the end of the year and ride the momentum into the playoffs. This It's their time. It's the Oilers' time. 11-1, to 1, jump on them. All right. I see Harry saying, when is it my time? The Paul kid's been talking for 14 minutes straight. No, uh, no. the Oilers, did they lose real one, one last thing on the Oilers? Did they lose to the eventual champs two years in a row? It was Vegas last year, Colorado, Colorado. the year before, right? Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a great that's series. Correct. So, all right, that's so eleven correct. to one, uh, they got to get it done. Harry, jump in there, Las Vegas, defending champs, thirteen to one, which is just high in any sport, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, considering not a ton of turnaround, right? Yeah, right. Defending champs, gonna do it again. I think maybe it's out. What a season for Vegas, winning the cup uh, this past year. Uh, the Knights signed goalie Aiden Hill in the offseason. He was eleven and two in the playoffs. Uh, similar roster coming back. Um, they get William Carlson returning, Mark Stone, tremendous uh, player. And I th- I'm predicting a huge season, huge season for Jack Eichel in his third season with the Knights. Vegas repeats and 13 to one. You're getting 13 to one with the, with the defending champs. I think that's great. Great. Pretty value. good. Pretty good indeed. All right, Brother Bride, Devils. A lot of people love the Devils. They loved them last year. Oh, what they did to the Rangers was so funny. That was nice. And, uh, 10 to 1 um, <laughs> to get it back. Yeah, look, this Devils team is legit, right? Years of tanking and winning the lotteries have played out well for this team. But, you know, 112 points last season, you know, the third best in, in the East, one of the youngest rosters. And, of course, this is going to be one of the youngest rosters again. But the average age of this team is still under 26 years old, so really young. They get the taste of the playoffs last year. Beating the Rangers was kind of like their Stanley Cup, right? Huge for this team, especially at that age although they then got beat up against the Hurricanes. But you get a full season out of Timo Meyer. You bring on Toffoli, who's a winning, t- really winning uh, player, which is big for this young team. And look, if if the preseason, which is really, it's no indication, but if the preseason was an indication of how good the Devils could be, nobody is touching them because they have absolutely mm-hmm. murdered everybody in the preseason so far. But this team is legit. I expect them definitely to get to the conference finals here. And at 10-1, uh, to 1, I like them to win it. All right. Yeah. Then again, they lost to Vegas, who won the whole thing, right? Oh, I'm, t- I'm sorry. I'm already on to a Mike Meatballs <laughs> Dallas Stars pick, 13 to 1. Uh, yeah, Devils had nothing to do with the Western Conference there. <laughs> Meatballs Stars, 13 to 1, as, as I was saying, before I botched that final four. And then uh, they lost there, but you're getting a good number. Yeah, 13 to 1. I think they have a good mix of veteran and younger guys. Um, they added Matthew Shane, too who I think come playoff time, that could be a good signing. And then, you know, dating back to the the COVID year, they really have been in the mix. And those guys have been seasoned in terms of the playoffs. They know what they have to do once they get there. And it's all behind um, probably a top five goalie in Jake Ollinger. So I do like them at 13 to one. All right. I am going to jump on the Bruins here. I think a little under the radar at 16 to one. Now they got picked off in the first round. That was uh that was nuttiness, obviously after a historical uh, regular season and a lot of people. And I want to ask Eddie Olchek why people should even watch the regular season after seeing what the Bruins did only to blow it in the first round. And also they lost a lot in the offseason. Patrice Bergeron, Taylor Hall, uh, Nick Foligno, Tyler Bertuzzi, but goaltending wise, I think at the top, right? Linus Olmark won the Vezina, uh, 46 and 1, 40 wins, six losses, one tie, 1.89 goals against average. And then Jeremy Swayman, he got, uh, I mean, he's bat- not really fair to call him a backup. He had 24 wins in his own right. They still have Pasternak and Brad Marchand, uh, exceptional regular season team who fell apart in the playoffs. I expect them to be a good regular season team who gets it together in the playoffs. And it's 16 to one as a parlay kid pointed out, it's just a coin flip. Once you get to the postseason in these series, anyway, I like it with the Bruins. All right, let's go award wise. We'll start with the Hart trophy, Connor McDavid, even odds, Austin Matthews, 10 to one odds, Nathan McKinnon, 11 to one, Pasternak 12 to one, Dreisaitl 12 to one. I think I had Matthews last year, but I'm sick of it. I'm going Connor McDavid at even. I really feel like this is, and it sounds like a bet for an NHL preview pod made by someone who doesn't 
feel like looking up any other awards, and which it probably is. But I, I liken it to Shohei Otani, who I took at two to yeah. one. Um, there's lots of discussion of who holds a greater gap between best and second best in his or her sport. I say Otani. Others say McDavid. I'm going to stick by that, but still think McDavid should be a big minus, not even to win the Hart Award for as much talk as there is. Um, he led the league with 64 goals, 89 assists, 153 points, three Hart trophies now. I don't think there's voter fatigue. He had 195 out of 196 first place votes. The guy who didn't vote for him had a stroke and wrote in the wrong name. They admitted later on. No, I don't know that that's true. Um, you know, Matthews, like I said, 10 to 1, McKinnon 11 to 1. But this guy gets so much buzz, it doesn't even matter. You're really... A lot of these guys you're betting, is he going to get injured? That's always the question. That's what the the, uh, the, the odds make sense. And, you know, but like Otani, that might not matter if his numbers are just 20% better. He could sit almost a month even and still get the hardware, um, you know, more than an injury. Like I said, I think I'm fighting voter fatigue, but I don't think that's the case. Um, you know, everything else equal. They're not giving it to, to Posternak. So give it to me. Uh, Hart, Trophy, McDavid, even odds. Parley kid, what you got for an award? So I love that one with McDavid. You can't go wrong with it. Uh, anytime you get McDavid at like even odds, you should jump on, especially after I just said the Oilers should have a dynamite year. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to actually stay with an Edmonton Oilers, but here I'm taking a long shot, even though, and I would grab these odds now before they start to change because there is a little bit of buzz surrounding Evan Bouchard as mm. the Norris Award winner at 55 to 1. He is the quarterback. Of the power play of the Edmonton Oilers, uh, that's always a prime spot to have. He had 36 points in 33 games once he took over that role, including 17 points in 12 playoff games. I I'm predicting a 70-point season for Bouchard. The Edmonton defense plays better, which also helps him in that role. This, this award normally goes to a really high-scoring defenseman, which mm -hmm. he is going to be. 23 years old, 6'3", first-round draft pick in 2018, just entering the best years of his career. A lot of upside with this pick. Take Evan Bouchard to win the Norris Award at 55-1. to All right, Fandle's got a million things. We're going to get into the, the nitty-gritty that they they dig uh, ice up. I mean, it's insane. Brother Brian has something crazy for us later. Uh, Mike Meatballs, you have an Norris Award pick too? Yeah, so mine is either Makar or Miro Heiskin of the Dallas Stars to win the Norris at plus, plus 155. That's crazy. Um, yeah. The writers love points for defensemen as seen with Carlson last year. So Makar is a guy who averages around a point per game. Well, he averages over a point per game for his career. Uh, and then Heiskin had a, a huge surge in points last year where he had 73, I think, in the full season. So I think his, his point total will go up for the year. Um, he's only getting better and he's only 24 years old. So I don't think you can go wrong with taking either of these guys. That's good. So they have uh, like dual entries, like horses for uh, some of these awards. Wow. Yes. Nice. All right, that's fun. Plus 155 for that. All right, Harry, what you got for the Jack Adams award? Uh, I'm going to take, well, since I'm taking Vegas to win it, I'm going to take their head coach, Bruce Cassidy, at 20 to 1, be coach of the year. Took Boston to the Cup in 19. He won this award in 2020. And in June of 22, Cassidy was fired after having an incredible season with Boston. Eight days later, he was hired by Las Vegas uh, hmm. to be their head coach. And the rest is history, winning the Stanley Cup. And this guy's career record, career record, 20 to 1. For a guy's hmm. career record as a head coach is 343 and 177. That is tremendous value at 20 to one with a, with a coach like this. And Vegas, again, like I said, has a lot of the returning starters coming back and in their last 10 playoff series, they're eight and two. All right. So did he win it? Who won it last year? Jim Montgomery for the Bruins. So it's a regular season uh, yeah, um, yeah. award, right? So, I mean, he's got to light it up in the regular season, right? Cause they don't really care what mm -hmm. happens uh, in April. Okay. So he's got to, uh, they have to basically have one of the better records. Uh, there. Okay. All right. Bri, Jack Hughes for uh, the Rocket Richard trophy. I'm glad uh, Maurice the Rocket Richard got a trophy <laughs> named after him. Jack yeah, Hughes is going to win. Look, Jack, Jack Hughes at 30 to 1. Obviously, I'm in love with the Devils this season. But in all honesty, I think this is the most fun bet. You know, could mm -hmm. you, when you look at these names, you get some good mm -hmm. value on the board. It's not like the Hart trophy, right? Where it's just going to be McDavid pretty much any year. But Jack Hughes at 30 to 1. Look, he finished eighth 
last year with 43 goals at only 21 years old. You saw a massive leap for him from year three to year four. This offense will be even better. The numbers just keep going up. We saw we saw leaps last year with guys like Pasternak, Robertson, Ranton, and like all those guys mm. jumped up significantly last year. I think you're going to see the same thing even even more here for Hughes. And at 30 to one, I, I just like the value there for a guy that just is one of the top five players on the NHL. All right, there you go. All right, listen, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, who will, who won't make the playoffs? Best value bets in that department. Uh, Miscellaneous futures bet. Brother Bry has something about most average time on ice. Are you kidding me, Fandle? God bless you. We have a great Eddie Olchek coming up when we return. All right, who will make the playoffs? Who won't make the playoffs? There are some teams that are like almost a guarantee to uh, get there to the postseason once again. But we're going to try to give you value here. I am going, let me start things off. Florida Panthers, no. No, they will not make it. Plus 164. This team that lost in the cup finals is not going to make it. Hmm. Well, let's remember, they were 42 and 32 essentially last season. They made it by one point. It came down to that last weekend, basically, where they survived the uh, Penguins. Uh, Islanders were in there too, parlay kid, but that's another discussion. Anyway, they made it by a point and they upset Boston. They were a top 10 offensive team last year. Thanks to uh, Matthew Kachuk. Uh, Bobrovsky was shaky in net in the regular season and then got it together in the postseason. And now Kachuk, uh, Aaron Eckball, Eric, Aaron Eckblad, and Brandon Mentor all injured to start the season. They signed Ekman Larson, but without two of their top four defensemen for the first three months in a, like a rugged Eastern Conference, it might be asking too much. Remember, last year I had Pittsburgh at three to one to not make the playoffs. So I absolutely know what I'm talking about in this case. Florida, no, plus 164. Parlay Kid, you're going with the Kraken lead announcer, Eddie Olchek. You're saying they do make the playoffs. I, yes. I, well, look, 100 points last season. A pretty deep playoff run, lost uh, after upsetting Colorado in ra- round one, lost 4-3 to Dallas uh, in seven games uh, in the second round. So this is a deep team. Um, look, kind of like following the Vegas model, uh, the way they kind of built their team through the expansion draft. That's what they've done, and these teams can do it quickly. That's why they get dismissed, but they usually have a lot of cap room to fill voids after a year or so which is what Mm -hmm. they've done. So they had eight players with 40 or more points last year, 13 players with 30 or more points. Mm. That is an exceptionally deep team. They have four lines that can produce. They have the Calder winner and Matt Beniers uh, in the second year should have a great, you know, be coming on, getting better and better. Philip Grubauer is a very solid goalie. He's a winning goalie. He played with the Avs before coming to the Kraken. So this is a team that has some cap space that can make moves at the deadline to get deeper if they even have to. Seattle at minus 113, okay, mm. to make the playoffs. Let's go. All right. All right, Harry, you have another um, was a strange number, minus 113. This is the Buffalo Sabres. I'm going to take them, yes, to make the playoffs, guys. Buffalo was one point short of making the playoffs last season and increased their point total by 16 points from the year before that right winger, Tage Thompson, Darren, your guy led the team in 94 with 94 points last Mm. year, by the way, from Phoenix, Darren, he's from Phoenix and the Sabres return all their leading scores from last year. And Buffalo also was second in the Eastern conference, second in the Eastern conference and goals scored. Finally, the Sabres get back to the playoffs this year. All right, brother, Bry. What do you got for us? The Senators not making it. Yeah, Senators not to make it minus 138, which this bet is very similar to Harry's bet, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm taking them not to make it. Look, they did improve mm-hmm. a lot last season, and they certainly can take a big jump again. But I think that it's too crowded in the Eastern Conference. To make it, you pretty much have to think like the Panthers or the Sabres, who I really like, like Harry has. You have to really mm-hmm. think one of those teams aren't going to make it. I have four teams coming out of the Metropolitan. So really tough for the senators plus the senators are already dealing with a massive injury with josh norris the guy still can't get cleared still injured who knows when he's coming back some more setbacks for this team just just to start the season right away so i'm gonna say the senators do not make it 
Okay. Yeah. Mikey meatballs. It seems like you could get a better odds for a team to not make it in the East. They'll always be like a surprise team, right? At 250 or plus 300. Yeah. That's kind of what you're doing here with the Rangers. And I know you're doing it also because we don't work with Eddie Spaghetti anymore. And so you're in a safe zone <laughs> to say the Rangers are not making it at plus 230. <laughs> yeah. This isn't really a bet that the Rangers will be bad. I think it's just a bet that the Islanders and the Penguins will be better than the Rangers. You know, I think you can count the Hurricanes and the Devils probably are, are going to be the top two teams in the Metro. Mm. But I don't I don't get the discrepancy between the odds between the Islanders uh, and the Rangers to make them miss the playoffs. And I don't think Crosby's going to let the Penguins miss the playoffs for two years in a row. Because the story coming out of there was that he was not happy at all. Um, they added Eric Carlson, right. too. So... The Rangers at plus 230, it's really just a bet on whether you think, you know, Kako, Lafreniere, and Heedle can kind of command their top six and help Zabanajad, Kreider, and Panarin, which mm. from everything I've seen, I don't think they can. So I think by the end of the year, um, I think the Islanders, Penguins, Rangers will all be, you know, close to that 3-4 that spot, and I think the Rangers are going to be the odd team out. Yeah, I was just going to say, with two weeks left, it probably it's not like the Rangers will have clinched the playoff spot, right? Most likely. So there's be plenty of opportunities to hedge, and plus 230 yeah, right. is a nice number. All right, like I said, Fandle has a million, just just a million, maybe less, Harry. Maybe I'm exaggerating. But give us an example of a miscellaneous bet that you like. Of course, player props all over the place. I like the under. You know, I take the unders and all these player props, goals, assists, points, whatever I can get my hands on. Fandle's got a bunch um, yep. thinking that they don't count injuries. But one thing, I don't know if the puck was juiced or what, but I didn't do that great. I think I broke even still, but didn't do that great with some of these player props going under a uh, lot of a uh, lot of offense last year. And Harry, you uh, expect some for a particular player. What do you got? Yeah, I got avalanches. Miko Rantanen over 98 and a half points at minus 120. So first off, yeah, he played in every game last year. And year after year, the Avs are one of the best offensive scoring teams in the NHL. A lot has to do with uh, the Finn uh, Rantanen. Uh, he's tremendous on the power play. He actually had more points, uh, excuse me, assists and goals than my, Nate McKinnon did when it came to being on the power play. It's fantastic. They have one of the best power plays in all the league. He had the best 105 points last year of his career, over 98 and a half for Rantanen, another big season for the Avs offensively. All right. Parley kid, I like this one because, you know, I'm shorting uh, the Panthers here. So uh, you're taking Kachuk under points. Yeah, I'm going to take Kachuk under 105 and a half points, Sal. Look, I love this player. I was on him last year. We talked a lot about the Panthers last year. But after these deep playoff runs, especially for a team like the Panthers, Sal, they got beat up. They, They had guys playing with severe injuries, including Kachuk, who had a broken sternum uh, during the playoffs. I know he says he's healthy, and I'm sure he is, but this is a guy prior to his last two seasons, which he has put up big numbers. Uh, he had been dealing with injury problems because of his physical style of play. Uh, last year in 79 games, he did put up 109 points. The year before in 82 games, 104 points. The common denominator there is he played in mostly every single game right. over the last two years. He's just one small injury from not getting this point total and even playing in 82 games, eclipsing 105 points is a very, very difficult number to achieve unless your name is McDavid or Dreisaitl. Let's right. take Kachuk and the under 105 and a half points. All right, brother Brian. Now you got a couple things here. I love yeah. the average time on ice. So just give us that one at least. Um, <laughs> they had some crazy ones, but yeah, I thought that average time, most average time on ice is, is, is a pretty fun one. And they have to obviously play a certain amount of time here to qualify, but I was looking could at do they, Could they do that for the NBA? And then everything's like well, six and a half minutes a game. Right. Four, well, that's uh, four why minutes I, a game. I was going to say like, that I, I no wouldn't, ba I wouldn't bank necessarily on, on unders and <laughs> NHL because look at the top right. players. And I will say, I give them credit. You look at everybody's playing 78, 82 yeah. games. It is kind of yeah. crazy. So if you're playing those games, it's, you know, it's hard to take some of these unders here. But yeah, I like Dallin at uh, five to one to to finish with most average time on ice. Look, he finished third last year at close to 26 minutes. The leaders were about 20, 25 seconds ahead of him. Yet Cole McCarr is he's um, he's the leader here at plus 195. But I, I like Dallin here at plus yeah. 500 because if you look at him, he, this is the guy who was the first pick in the draft in 2018. He started when he was 18 years old. 
might have even been younger. I don't even know. Uh, but he's only 23 right now. And every year over the last four years, he's gone up two minutes per game. He got he was 24 and 24 minutes in 2022. And now he's t- close to 26 minutes in 2023. He's going to be right there with the leaders, yeah. one or two. And I thought at five to one. Uh, really good odds. Yeah, that's nice. That's a good one. Uh, all right, Mikey Meatballs, you had to do it. We didn't have a much pro Islander talk. I, I thought it was going to come <laughs> from your father, the parlay kid. I thought he was going to bet all the Islanders to have the <laughs> highest average ice time. But <laughs> here you're doing it. Do it, uh, Barzell. 20 plus goals, plus 190? Yes, Barzell, 20 plus goals. He's only hit this total once uh, in his career, which was his rookie year. But he's been in that upper teens range for, you know, pretty much every season since. Um, but now he's playing with Bo Horvat on his top line. They should be able to, to divide the attention from the defense between the two of them. And everyone, you know, the, the scouting report on Barzell is that if he shoots the puck more, he's going to score. And I think he's kind of started to realize that a little bit. I know a lot of his teammates tell him he's got to yeah. shoot. Um, so hopefully their power plays improve too, because you'll have Nelson uh, and Horvat on the power play. So hopefully between the three of them, you know, maybe that's five, six, seven extra power play goals a year. And I think he goes over this total. Right. And you obviously, you like the Islander with the Islanders. What was the number to make the playoffs? I know you briefly mentioned it. Um, I think they were plus one. They are plus one. Plus, plus right? one. Yep. To make it. All yep. right. I, I like that Barzell pick because uh, every article I read is. is <laughs> this, look, anybody that's outside, like, if you're an Islanders fan and every player, uh, you know, even the uh, broadcasters who normally hate the Islanders team because they play a boring style of hockey, according to them. Mm-hmm. But Barzal is dynamic. His team, everything I'm reading about is like Mike, like Michael said, is his teammates are telling him, shoot the freaking puck. Mm-hmm. Like just, you got to start shooting it more. And I think he does. He has a big year this year. All right. There you go. I am going to, I'm not really leading by example with my whole take unders thing, uh, bet all the bigger name under goals and points total. But for our purpose, I'm going to try to stay positive. I found one Jason Robertson over 42 and a half goals minus one Oh six. He's a 24 year old lefty like myself. Uh, maybe not the 24 year old part, but, uh, <laughs> Dallas star star 46 goals last year, 41 the season before. So he's improving every year. And, you know, like you guys talk about, he played all 82 games, so he's as durable as they get. Yeah. He averaged almost four shots a game, uh, shots on goal a game, uh, almost 15% shooting percentage. He's an underappreciated player. It's almost too fishy to take him over 42 and a half, considering his upward trajectory. So uh, trajectory, that is 46. So take, yeah. take him. Uh, they also have like to score 50 plus goals. I would definitely take him. It's five to one for him to get to 50 goals, really? which, which I really liked. And one. he's like 40 to one to be the goal, the, the, the Robert Shard leader too. So I, okay. I, I mean, Robertson to me is a phenomenal player and he's so young that I, I would take some yeah. chances with, with that guy. He doesn't, doesn't ever sit out. All right, listen, another guy who doesn't sit out, Eddie Olchek. Let's take another break and we'll be back to talk to him. All right, let's bring in our guest. I love this guy. He is synonymous with hockey and horses and hacky sack, too. He was a grand champion back in 88. (laughs) Not many people know that. You can hear and see him broadcasting for TNT and the Seattle Kraken and buy his book, for God's sakes, Eddie Olchek, Beating the Odds in Hockey and in Life, available now on Amazon or wherever you purchase your reading material. Eddie Olchek, thanks for joining us, buddy. Hey, Sal, nice to be with you, man. Keep up the great work. Always always tuning in and uh, seeing you... uh, Whenever I can. So great time of year. And uh, we got hockey season right around the corner. And you mentioned horse racing. The Breeders' Cup is yeah. not that far away as well out in Santa Anita in Arcadia, California. So as I like to say, pucks and ponies at this time of year, nothing better in Eddie Olchek's life. I was trying to figure out if this is your favorite time because you do have the Breeders' Cup. Yeah. If this is your favorite time of the year or is it April when, um, you know, the playoffs are and ponies are both heating yeah, up? Yeah, I mean, it. it I think I'm... I think I'm less stressed out at this time of year than I right am now. Yeah. in April <laughs> and in May and trying to maneuver and stick handle. You know, you mentioned TNT, but, you know, before this, I was doing the games on NBC with the great Doc Emmerich doing the hockey games, the NHL on NBC for, sure. I think I was with Doc for 16 years, I think. And I would go from our NBC hockey coverage to our triple crown coverage. So I was going back and forth and, 
you know, trying to navigate that. So, uh, you know, I think that time of year mm. is a little bit more stressful than early in the season and you got the Breeders' Cup and uh, it's, it's just an awesome time of year. So uh, long-winded, uh, a little less stress early in the season than it is come playoff time yeah. in the Triple Crown. Plus, you haven't traveled for three months and exactly. bad weather and all that crap. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. From playing days. Yeah. Uh, so last year, let's get into last year. Yeah. We had a final four of Panthers, Hurricanes, yeah. Stars, and Knights. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I said, oh boy, this is trouble for hockey. They're mm-hmm. going to take a hit ratings-wise, and this sport does not need that. And I think I was wrong. Yeah. The, hockey is kind of bulletproof, which may be both good and bad, right? Yeah. Because maybe, I, I don't know, I feel like, Obviously, Bruins in the finals sure. would have moved the number a little bit, but yeah. also didn't hurt you, like I said. No, and I, I don't think it did, Sal. I, I think that when you look at where we've come from, and look, at, I, I've been very fortunate. I've done, I think, 17 of the last 18 Stanley Cup finals. So, I mean, we've had some – I mean, we had an unbelievable run. Let, let's just call it what it was. I mean, we mm-hmm. had Chicago with the three cups. You had Pittsburgh with the three cups. I mean, you had Detroit sandwiched in there earlier. Uh, you've had LA in the final. You've had the Rangers in there. You had the emergence of Colorado a couple of years ago. Um, you know, Boston has been to the cup how many times and, and you know, win the one. So I, I think we've had a run here. You had Ovi, you had, yeah, you had Ovechkin and the Capitals against the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, what, five, six years ago. So we've had mm-hmm. some big markets. We've had some superstars and what have you. But, you know, I think our fan base is 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 very consistent regardless of of who's in it and last year obviously with Vegas because everybody knows that Vegas you know I mean they haven't been around the National Hockey League a long long time but they've got to the final twice and then they finally win it in their sixth year after missing the playoffs with I which I think makes it even that much more intriguing but Florida yeah. was an unbelievable story I mean they were I mean they were gifted into the playoffs let's call it what it was right Pittsburgh had had it on a, they had it on a tee and they lost to yeah. Chicago. And once they lost to Chicago, their last home game, that opened up the door for Florida and Florida made it. And all of a sudden, here they go on a heater after being down three games to one in round one against the Boston yeah. Bruins, who had arguably, yeah, I know what the point said, but you know, the greatest regular season in the history of the National Hockey League. And they end up blowing the three games to one lead and, and Florida never looked back. So, I thought it was a terrific final. Uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. for Florida, two things, Sal. One is, is they had nine days off, 10 days off in between the conference final and the cup final. Right. And, and they were just, I mean, they were on fumes. I mean, they had some guys that were really banged up and then got banged up early in the cup final. So uh, I think anybody that would tune in, whether it's a casual fan or a lot of our diehards, I think that they were thoroughly entertained. And look, is a, is a TV outlet in, in one of the, uh, you know, rights holders for the national hockey league on TNT. When you hand out the Stanley cup, it's always a little bit better when the home team ends up winning at home because there's just sure, something yeah. for that. And that building in Vegas is, uh, it's as good as a hockey building that, that I've ever been in. It, it is a old school building in Las Vegas. And what I mean by that, a lot of the new venues go mm-hmm. out and up. Where the old buildings, like growing up in Chicago and being a diehard Blackhawks fan, the old Boston Garden, even you know the old MSG, it was from the ice, it was straight up. So everybody is on top of you. It's like that mm-hmm. in T-Mobile in Vegas. I mean, they are. it is a hockey venue. It is a hockey building. And I would encourage anybody that gets the opportunity to go to a game in Vegas it is. Uh, I agree. It's incredible. Yeah, it's I, incredible. I, I I've been to a few uh, Vegas Knights games, and it's great. That's why I don't mind some of the smaller market teams, as long as they have a following, as long as the yeah. fans are coming yeah. to the game. And yeah. Vegas is like a hockey town. Yeah. All of a sudden, very exciting. That said, you brought up the Bruins. Mm-hmm. What do you say to the casual fan who says, "All right, you know, you had a team that just was insane yeah. from October to yeah. April, and then yeah. they bow out in the first round. Why yeah. should we care yeah. about the regular season?" Yeah. Well, because I think, quite frankly, and I, and I know that you have eight teams from the West and eight teams from the East, and you have half the half the league make the playoffs. But I yeah. think it is it is so difficult to make the playoffs. It really is. Like I look at the Eastern Conference this year, and you know, and starting to get into it, obviously a lot more now with preseason going on, and and seeing you know what teams' health situations are. 
it is it is really difficult to make the playoffs. And I, and I think for any team, you go into it, look at you're not going to go 82 and all. We understand that, but they were on such a heater last year where all of a sudden it was like, okay, well, you know, let, let's see if you can do it in the first round. And then they ended up right. not being able to do it. And I think Jim Montgomery, the head coach of the Bruins kind of outthought himself maybe with the goaltending situation, um, you know, of, of, of being a team that went with, a rotating goaltending system pretty much all season long. And then that mm-hmm. kind of changed come playoff time. And I think that that had an effect Now, whether or not there were injuries or not, or whatever you take it for what it is. But look at, I, I just think that it, it is so hard to win in the national hockey league. And to know that last year, the, the Bruins, I mean, it was there for them. And now they don't yeah. have Patrice Bergeron anymore. They don't have David Krejci around anymore. So I'm looking at a team like the Boston Bruins. Actually, I'm going to be in Boston opening night for TNT's coverage on uh, next Wednesday mm-hmm. between the Blackhawks and the Bruins. And that is going to be one of the major storylines is, A, how much of a step back do they take? Are they going to be able to win games like they did? The answer is no, in my opinion, because when you lose arguably one of the greatest two-way centermen that the National Hockey League has ever seen and a guy like David Krejci was very good in the middle, you got to be strong in the middle. It's almost like baseball. Sal, where you got to yeah. be good in the middle, right? Got to be good at in, in center field. You right. got to be Second good at short. short. Exactly. Yep. You got to be good behind home plate. So I think it's very similar to that situation in Boston. But look, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard. Like It is going to be really hard because everybody's talking about here, Here's the reality. Everybody's talking Pittsburgh. Everybody's talking Detroit. Everybody's talking Buffalo. And everybody's talking Ottawa. Those four teams did not make the playoffs last year. The last time yeah. I checked. So the question is who's coming out and that, and yeah. that is the, you know, that, that, that's, so that's, that's my answer. Yeah, right. That, that's my answer yeah. to the casual fan. Like, sure. Hey, look at Pittsburgh. Right. That, you're you're Pittsburgh fan. That's why you watch. Cause could it happen. came down to the yeah, last it could weekend. Happen. It, yeah. could, it could happen. You could sit there be, you know, right. You know, do I think the Bruins are a bubble team? Uh, I mean, I would say that they're probably closer to a bubble team than, than winning the conference like they did last year. Mm. So, you know, with all the changes and now, you know, what, what ends up happening and you see this Sal, and, and I mean, in life in general, but in sports in our little world is w- when you have backups playing in number one spots, they're backups mm-hmm. for a reason. And it's no different where you have third and fourth line center icemen are playing in first and second line roles. Well, yeah. the, you know, like you're asking, you're asking a lot. Can they do it for five, seven games? hundred percent. Cause most guys at the highest level, can grab an oar and chip in. But if you're asking them to do it for 45, 50 games, it's, it's like, grind. it's the one thing in hockey. And I'll end with this is that the one thing in hockey that I've seen over my years is playing and in coaching and now broadcasting as long as I have and being a fan, most importantly, is that when, when, and, and I think analytics has played a lot more into this now than it has maybe at any time ever. People look at it and go, well, gosh, you know, this guy's racked up points and scored goals as a fourth liner, he should get more ice time. Well, hold on a second. It's almost, I I compare it a lot to preseason football where everybody goes, Oh, wow. Look at this guy. He's lighting it up and free. Well, who's he playing against first and foremost? You have to understand fourth line guys are out there against fourth line guys. They're not out there against Charlie McAvoy or Kale McCarr or those type of guys. Now maybe they deserve a chance, but I think in, in hockey is that where guys are slotted, usually, you pretty much know who those guys are and how they're having success and who they're playing yeah. against, not necessarily saying, well, the analytics tell us is that they should be a top six guy. I'm just telling you right now, most guys that are in the third or fourth lines, very few are going to go from the third or fourth to the first and second for a full year and give you that same time production because of who they're playing against. Gotcha. All right. Well, so let's look at some of these odds for 23, yeah. 24. Um, start at the top with Connor McDavid and, to win the Hart Trophy is exactly even odds. It's plus 100. Mm-hmm. And I bet Otani to win the uh, yeah. MVP in the AL. And it was just like a matter of him staying healthy. Sure. And I got two to one odds for that. Okay. This is even odds. Yeah. Do you see anything other than an injury preventing him from winning this? Short answer in two letters. What is it? N-O. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to be an initial of my son, Nick. Uh, um, mm. I, I, you know, I mean, the guy just seems to be 
Yeah, I mean, he's obviously on another planet. He's div- he's he's breathing different air. And you're right. If he can stay healthy with how much he plays and that power play is as good as a power play we've seen in a high in a National Hockey League, Sal, and you know, maybe forever. I mean, they were clipping at like 39 or 40 percent for about 25, 30 games. I mean, that just that's just right. unheard of. So the points are gonna be there. They're going to be a good team. You know, they they should make the playoffs. Like I'm not overly sold on their goaltenders, but you know, maybe they look at it. Look at I guess you just tell your goalies. And I think I used this line a couple of years ago when Colorado was playing Edmonton in the, I think it was round two of the playoffs or maybe round three. I can't even remember. But at the end of the day, it was like, okay, just do us a favor. Don't give up five. If you, if you, mm. if, if you, if you give up four, we're okay. Cause we got confidence that we can get five. It's almost like that was a great old, series. It's like the old days of the Edmonton Oilers, right? Where with Gretzky and Messier and Curry and Coffee Curry. and Anderson, all those guys was like, "Hey, Grant, Grant Fear, Fearsy, look at if you give up six, don't <laughs> worry about it. Just don't give up the <laughs> just don't give up the seventh one. You know, like we're gonna get we're yeah, gonna right. get seven or eight. So I think there's that confidence with Edmonton. It would be really hard pressed. And look, I, I'll, I'll say this: in being a horse guy, I think that might be pretty good value at even money. It's uh, Connor McDavid yeah. to know that he's probably going to get 55 or 60 goals and he's probably going to get 150 assists, uh, 150 points. And that'll probably be good enough to win. Now, unless somebody steps up and gives you 65 or 70 goals, which, yeah. you know, who knows, but I would probably lean more towards, and I'm not a chalk player by any stretch, but I would, I would not argue with uh, Connor McDavid. All right. Yeah. Everyone else is 10, 11 to one. Uh, Matthews is 10 and sure. McKinnon is 11 and, and Pasternak is 12. Now let's say, all right, I'm going to make you the GM of uh, the Oilers here mm-hmm. who are 11 to one to win the cup. Yeah. At what point do you part ways with McDavid and Dreisaitl? What way, what point were you like, all right, <laughs> this experiment is over and uh, let's see what we can get for these legends. Wow. Uh, is it, is uh, it this year? Is it next year? Is it more? Mm, no, I, I would say you're going to have to get to a point. I think in fairness to, to those guys is, mm-hmm. you know, we, we need to, we need to help you, right? Like we need to get more depth. We need to get some more support for you and our, and our lower six, you know, could we improve our defense a little bit? Yeah, probably. But I mean, you've got some contracts there that not, I'm not talking McDavid and, and Dreisaitl. I'm talking about some other players there that, uh, I think our anchors are going to be really tough to move, but but if you are thinking about moving somebody like this, and I've always said this, and it's probably a cop out, and and that's okay. Look at if if Wayne Gretzky can be traded, then any player in the National Hockey League, and it's a little tougher now, oh, yeah. Sal, as you know, because of the salary cap. It's a little more mm-hmm. difficult uh, difficult now to do that than it than it would have been in you know in '88 when when Gretz ended up getting traded. So, uh, but I think you are you. you you have to, I would say this is probably the best way to put it. If more hockey players, and I'll say the elite hockey players, had more of the NBA DNA and pull a, you know what? If you don't fix what is going on around here, I want out. Right. That, like, that could that happen at some point? Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe these one of these guys just sit there and goes, you know what? Um, you know, I'm tapped out. I, we're, it's not going to happen here. You can get a boatload for me. You know, you can pull a Herschel Walker type of trade and get, you know, and 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 see what happens. But I, I think you're probably, I think you're onto something that if you get to a point here and it's not happening, I, I think that I look at if you're in it to win it, then I think anything should be on the table. And and yeah, that would have yeah. to be a massive a massive type of move. But at the end of the day, I think right now uh, they feel that they can, you know, kind of make a run with these guys. One last thing on that is that I believe the Edmonton Oilers hired Connor McDavid's right-hand man when it came to negotiations and managing him over the last handful of years. So now he is, he is in charge with Kenny Holland, the general manager. He He is overseeing everything. So you know, maybe that's a move there by Edmonton ownership to sit there and go, okay, you know, his contract's coming up here, you know, in a couple, I think it's a couple of years. Uh, let's, you know, let's make sure we rally the troops and get the, you know, let's keep his group as close to us as we can yeah. and then kind of go from there. So 
that's just an interesting nugget. I, you know, I kind of, everybody feels, but something to bring yeah, up I think there, you're right. you know? Yeah. I think you're right in that, you know, it's all about the attitude and the tone of the players in each individual league. And it's not like the NBA where McDavid is, uh, I don't know, va- vacationing in Saskatchewan yeah. and gets on the cell phone <laughs> and starts put, trying to put together a dream team. Like, yeah, yeah that, we haven't seen that yeah. in hockey. But, but even uh, more so, other, Sal, but yeah. even more so, Sal, excuse me, but like, it's just like yeah. to go in, look at, I mean, how many times do you hear that with, with the NBA and, and where you have players go in there and sit there and go, hey, look, either do this or get me the hell out of here. I mean, look at, look at all the movement in basketball. Sure. When you look at some incredible, I mean, incredible talent being moved over the course of, you know, a handful of years. So, Look at have we had some guys that, that have have done that and, and pulled that? Yeah, absolutely. But when you're looking at two guys in particular, we're talking about guys in Edmonton, you're sitting yeah. there and going, Well, geez, you could argue two of the top five players in the league. I mean, the one guy for sure, and then you could argue about Leon Dreisaitl. So like mm-hmm. that, that's an interesting caveat of that. And who, you know, who is going to to be one of those guys moving forward that pulls uh, you know, I I call it an NBA move and see if any of those guys pull that uh, moving forward. But uh, two incredible talents and uh, well worth the price of admission every night. No, you're right. Uh, the other Connor, Connor Bedard, rookie yeah. already in the hall, in the Hall of Fame. They've sent everybody <laughs> sent them there. He's um he's only minus one twenty to win Rookie of the Year. Boy, if you parlay those together, the two Connors, you can maybe uh, <laughs> make some scratch there. Um, does he live up to the expectations of being the same tier as McDavid and Crosby, wow. or where he makes an immediate impact, or you think he's more like a Jack Hughes like development? Well, I mean, I think it's going to be part of the uh, maturation process of Connor Bedard in Chicago. Look, they're, they're they are in a rebuild. They have been in a real rebuild, unfortunately for for too long of a time for the city of Chicago and the Blackhawks. Um, it'll be really interesting, you know, like. Uh, I think that with with the expectations and 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 I can relate to this, Sal. Uh, just do a quick little uh, you know background here. Is that I got I I got the coaching job in Pittsburgh with the Pittsburgh Penguins back in two thousand and three, and very similar to Luke Richardson here in Chicago, where I live, the head coach of the Blackhawks. So we were in a rebuild where we were going to tear it down. Now it's a little harder to tear it down in, in a salary cap era because you have to have some tough mm-hmm. money and anchors in order just to get to the floor. But in saying that, we had a plan in Pittsburgh where we were going to build through the draft. We had no goalies. We had no centers. We were going to start over. So we were lucky enough where we drafted Marc-Andre Fleury in 03. We drafted Evgeny Malkin in 04. It was either Ovechkin or Malkin. OV went to the Capitals, obviously, with the first pick. We had the second pick, and mm. we took Malkin. And we Not were bad. still in, we were, right, exactly. We were in a good start. <laughs> and then the, the, uh, you know, the lockout happened, and we had the draft. And think about the Anaheim Ducks. Back in 2000, I believe it was five, don't quote me, but in, the, in that summer, we had the, the, the draft lottery, and it got down to Pittsburgh in Anaheim for Sidney Crosby. Fast forward it to 2023, who are the last uh, two teams standing in the NHL entry draft, but Chicago and Anaheim. So mm. Chicago gets Bedard. We get, we being Pittsburgh, we get, we get Sid. So all of a sudden, when you got, when we got Sidney Crosby, our owner, our captain, Mario Lemieux comes out of retirement and says, I want to play with Sidney Crosby. Then all of a sure. sudden, we go out and we start signing veteran guys like Mark Recchi and John LeClaire and Ziggy Palfi and uh, Jocelyn. So, you know, we went from a rebuild to trying to make the playoffs. I don't think that's the case in Chicago, but I think getting counter Bedard, I think it has expedited the rebuild, so to speak. And I think with him, I'll say this is that, it is so important. I think they've done that with getting Nick Felino. I, I think the signing, the free agent signing mm-hmm. of Nick Felino, out of everybody that they brought in, Taylor Hall, Connor, uh, um, Corey Perry, um, I think the addition of a guy like Nick Felino will pay dividends for Connor Bedard tomorrow. Interesting. In 15 or 20 years from now, because Nick Felino is as good as it gets when it comes to leadership and not being mm. on a self-led agenda. 
He is uh, he is the ultimate pro. His dad played in the National Hockey League for a long time. Mike for the Buffalo Sabres and Toronto Maple Leafs. His brother just signed a new deal in Minnesota. But I think that signing there was unbelievable by general manager Kyle Davidson. Like, I think that is as good as a signing I saw all summer long. And again, look, Nick Foligno's a fourth line guy. He might get you, right. he might get you 10, 12. He might get you 20 assists and he might get you 120 penalty minutes. But you know what? He's going to help that kid because it is so important to help that kid along. So in saying that, who, who will be able to help him and play along the same level? Because obviously he plays on a different level, even at 18 than a lot of guys that the Blackhawks have right now. So I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any internal pressure on Connor Bedard to say, you know, he's got to get 30 and 40. He's got to get 25 and 45. You know, is he going to be a centerman long-term? Is he going to be a winger long-term? Those are all the things that are going to be. I, I, I would say this is that when you mentioned the odds for him to win the rookie of the year, I, I think you look at a guy like uh, Adam Fantilli in Columbus, like he, he hmm. might be a guy that is maybe, you know, he, he's a little bit, he, he's a little bit bigger. He's played in college hockey. He's played against older guys for a period of time. In Columbus, you know, he's going to probably play around some more skilled guys than maybe Connor Bedard might in Chicago. So I would look at a guy hmm. like Fantilli and go, All right. well, wow, 20 you know to what? one. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe you know what I mean? Like maybe if he can get off to a good start and, and, and what have you. But look, at I, I've only seen Connor Bedard play on TV or on tape. I've never seen him play in person. But the people right. that I trust all look at him and say the tendencies that they see in him, Sal, prior to getting to the National Hockey League, they're, they're using hockey IQs like McDavid, like Crosby, like, uh, uh, like Lemieux, Mario Lemieux. Like when you start hmm. telling people that this kid thinks the game like those guys, they're not going to be wrong. Now, that's, that's rare air where those guys are, right? Like yeah. there's rare, but let's remember, those, those guys had some incredible players to play with. And that might mm-hmm. take some time for the Blackhawks to get. It's not easy to play with world-class players. I don't care what anybody says. I played with some of the greatest in the history of the game. It's not easy to play with those guys. So I think for it's, it's, it's all about progress and maturation for Connor Bedard. And I'm just excited to see him play his second career game in a National Hockey League, hopefully against the Boston Bruins, because... The, Bengals, uh, the Blackhawks open up in Pittsburgh yeah. on Tuesday night. Yeah, well, I'm glad, I'm excited because you gave me a twenty to one uh, <laughs> bet that has, has a chance to win. It hasn't happened. Hey, our producer Mikey Meatballs wanted me to ask you, sure. big Islanders fan, yeah. but don't let that sway you. Which New York goaltender would you rather have, Sorokin or Shesterkin? Yeah. Um, well, both Mikey, are five to one yeah, to win the Vezina. Yeah. Vezina. Well, Mikey, yeah. uh, I, I would say, look at <laughs> I'm uh, all full disclosure. One of my mentors and one is somebody that I've idolized my whole life. Lou Lamarillo is the man in charge with the New York Islanders. And I've known Mr. Lamarillo since I was, uh, I was 16 years old trying out for the 1984 U S Olympic hockey team. So I, I go a long way back with Mr. Lamarillo always pulling for him and the Islanders. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like Sorokin. I, I, I really do. Like, I, I think that if the Islanders could just play with the puck a little bit more in the offensive zone, it would take a lot of pressure off of, Sorokin in goal like you know because it just he, he's big he looks like he takes up a boatload of the net uh he's very athletic you know they can defend but you know the best defense in the world I don't care what it is I mean look at a Monday night uh was that Sunday, yeah, was Sunday night football right with the Jets and Chiefs right like the Jets yeah. def- Jets defense they had, looked like they had a little bit more energy and they, you know, because the jets were moving the ball offensively, there's no better right. time with defense in the world is when you got the rock on your stick in hockey and it's no difference in football. So, um, boy, that's a, that's a dead heater. But I mean, I would pro- honestly, I would probably lean more towards Sorokin than Shuster. I, I would, I would just look at, I get a pick. I'm going to sit on a fence. Yeah. I, I would just, I would give Sorokin, I would give Sorokin this much. Look, if you put Sorokin on the Rangers, you put Shesterkin on the Islanders, would the Rangers be mm-hmm. as good? I would say absolutely 100%. So I'll, I'll, go, with the, I'll go with the underdog there because I think most people probably would say, uh, say Shesterkin. Right. Yeah. Mike, uh, Meatballs, you uh, satisfied with that response? <laughs> I'll take it any way I can get it. 
<laughs> there you go. Even, even, right. even, even from an ex-ranger, I think he's probably even That's more, right. uh, of course. even, even yeah. more uh, taken back by my answer. That You would have gotten <laughs> plus 260 on that response, I think. Eddie Olchek, you've given us so much to think about. You could see, uh, really, honestly, you broke down the entire year for us. Sal, and, uh, let, me, and, Sal, let, Sal let me give you one real quick. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Elias Lindholm, center iceman in Calgary. He's another guy. Contract is up, unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. I saw his over-under total for goal scored at 28, 28 and a half. He's unrestricted. His contract is expiring. He's a shooter. Absolutely. I'm I'm looking to go over the moon. With uh, with Elias Lindholm of the Calgary Flames, as long as he stays healthy, so that might be something for people out there to maybe get their feet wet on. Beautiful, that is great. You uh, call games for the Kraken and on TNT. The book is called "Beating the Odds in Hockey and Life." You, of course, battled stage three cancer and you hip checked the shit out of it <laughs> and out of your life. Uh, how are you feeling, by the way? I'm feeling good, Sal. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it was uh, it was very therapeutic. Uh, so I got my book over my right shoulder here, like. Yeah, it was very therapeutic to uh, to write that uh, in the book as well. My my kids, I have four kids, and I have two grandchildren. But my four kids all wrote a chapter about what they were living and seeing. Oh wow! And, and I never saw what they wrote until the book was out. And I'll just say mm. this: is that it took me about five days to read each chapter from my kids mm. because, as somebody that was sick. And I'm glad it was me, Sal. I'm glad it was me and my family because what I know now about cancer and what it did to me psychologically and how I see it, you know, how I see it affected my family. I'm glad it was me. And look at I'm very lucky. And I don't know how that I was able to beat it now five years. But I think writing the book helped me and it was very therapeutic to help people out there to either get through the day or to let them know that, you know, it's okay to be scared. But the one mm-hmm. thing I would say going through my battle, Sal, and even to this day, is that even though when I was sick, um, I had unbelievable support from my wife, Diana. Been married 35 years, and I never saw her weak. I never saw her down. We got to make sure we're taking care of the caregivers and caretakers of people that are sick. We need to make sure we check up on them. But my wife inspired yep. me when I was at my lowest, um, when I wanted to quit. And Sal, I'd never quit at anything in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. whether I was trying out for the Olympic team back when I was 16 years old in 1983 for the 84 U S team or, uh, coaching in Pittsburgh or being down $200 at the racetrack. All right, scratch that (laughs) being down $2,000 at the racetrack. I I, I wasn't going to quit, but when I was, when I was in, uh, my second of 12 chemo treatments for my stage three colon cancer, Mm -hmm. um, I was ready to quit. Uh, I had neuropathy, you know, I had neuropathy. I had nosebleeds. I had blood clots. Um, quite frankly, mm-hmm. I just shit the floor. I couldn't control my bowel movements. And I just said, how am I going to get through today? I can't get through today. How am I going to get through 10 more treatments? And, 10 more. Yeah. And, and uh, I was ready to quit. And my wife came down about 10 feet from here and I was ready to quit. And my wife just looked at me and said, Eddie, you got to fight. You got to fight for me. You got to fight for our kids. And you got to fight for all the people that love you. And our conversation lasted 25 minutes, Sal, and I cried for 30 of it. And I said, okay, if I shit the floor, I shit the floor. Okay. But I'm just going to go day to day. And, and I needed that because if I wasn't, if, if my wife wasn't around or my kids weren't around or my doctors weren't around or my friends, I would have quit and I wouldn't be here today. I know it because I, I just, it was hard. It, it tests your will to live. I, w- I will say that. And yeah. the, la- the last thing I will say is that, you know, people ask me, like, do you look at life differently now, Sal, than you did before you were sick? And oh, wait, I got that on my question. Yeah. Do, okay. Yeah. I just I just said, you know what? Honestly, I don't. And I think me yeah. going through what I did. All it did is it reassured me that I was in a good place when I put my head on my pillow at night. I didn't want to die. You know, I I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to, you know, upset my kids or, you know, my, my wife or my family. And, you know, you feel like you're a burden, you know, like when you're sick, you know, you let down your people around you, your, your employers. That time I was with NBC and the Blackhawks and, you know, just these, all these emotions. But I think the one thing why I was at peace, Sal, 
is, is I don't know where I learned this, but I've always let the most important people in my life know how I feel about them. And I, mm-hmm. and I just felt because I always would say, you know what, like it would really, it would bother me if I wasn't here and, and, and the ones around me didn't know how I felt about them because my life has been way better with them in it. And I think I was at peace. So if I wasn't going to yeah. wake up, at least I knew and they knew how I felt about them. And I think that's why I was at peace. Now look, st- sitting in traffic now, you know, a delayed flight. I mean, that stuff used to drive me berserk, right? Mm-hmm. The, the petty things. But now, but now, yeah, right now it's like, hey, you know what? Okay. If I'm late, I'm late. You know, I tried and, and whatever. But I just think going through that, I proved to myself I'm way tougher than I ever did. And all I know is that I would never have made it without the support that I had from my wife, my kids, my team of doctors and incredible employers and all my friends that uh, both in hockey and horse racing that uh, checked up on me and and helped me along. So um, very grateful. And uh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it's been five years, you know, so I'm clean and clear. And uh, I just try to continue to inspire one person. And if somebody reads my book and they can be inspired and hear the raw emotion and and the raw feeling is like, Hey, you know what? If, if he was ready to quit, like that's a, that's a normal feeling. It's not you yeah. know, like, I'm not embarrassed to say that. And I needed help and I got help. And, uh, I'm just very thankful that, uh, that I'm here and to try to cont- continue to inspire people out there that are either in the battle that are going through the battle or maybe family members that look at something and, and, uh, and help yeah. them along. And, uh, but I appreciate you allowing me to uh, talk well, a little bit about listen, that. Listen, you're, uh, I don't know how they couldn't be inspired after all that. Honestly, like you're a terrific guy and a, and a great support uh, system right there behind you. And, uh, you know, thank God you had a higher power looking out for yeah, you and yeah. you're looking sound terrific. I, uh, get this book, beating the odds in hockey and life. And what do you talk about? Like uh, starting a league where horses run on ice, right? Or did I make that up? No, <laughs> no <laughs> you I should do my, that. I, by I the way, anything, anything with horse racing, but I don't know about ice. I mean, I did Not play, on ice. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did play on the line back in my uh, first couple of years in Chicago, my former partner, the great Pat Foley, the voice of the Blackhawks for a million years. Yeah. He coined the line that I played on with the great Troy Murray, also a close friend of mine that's in a battle and uh, another close friend, Kurt Frazier, who has been in a battle himself, all three of us fighting, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in a battle. Um, Pat coined us the Clydesdales and we were the fastest nice. Clydesdales. I'll just say that, you know, we all know that that's, uh, you know, that's, that's tough to say Clydesdales like and fast in the same time, but we were all, over, right. <laughs> we were all over six feet and we were all over 200 pounds. So, which was very rare back in the, uh, the mid eighties. So, Proud to be a Clydesdale, and uh, that's probably the only horses you probably ever see on that's the That's it? All right. I think PETA would love it, actually, if you had a league where horses are yeah. slipped yeah. all over the place. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> Eddie Olchek, thanks so much, buddy. Enjoy the year. Thanks, Sal. Always great to be with you, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks for having me. Let's talk real soon. All right. We'll be right back after this break. All right. We're back. Oh, that was fun. How about that? I, I, we could have talked to him for three hours. Paul Eddie's the man. Eddie's Eddie the man. Olcher. Harry knows him personally. I mean, they were really, really close. Harry, uh, what happened? You, Darren, you, you, nobody, nobody has more class than Eddie. Olcher. Nobody. Yeah, let me tell you. I nobody. Mean, that guy was all class when I worked. In don't Vegas. sell yourself all short. Class. You took your shirt off last week and jumped around. <laughs> your uh, cleavage still, still trying to settle in. Um, oh yeah, no, he was uh, great. And Mikey Meatballs, Polly Kid, Mikey Meatballs, question right there: Rangers or Islanders goalie? Who would you rather go with? I think he, he kind of leaned. He committed to the Islanders, so that's well, he's nice. A smart man. He's a smart man. So really, uh, two <laughs> tremendous goalies. But I think anybody who really knows hockey's got to give Sorokin. A slight advantage. There you go. All right. We'll go off on a pro Islanders note there. Uh, We will be back Wednesday and Thursday to talk football, college, pro. We got baseball playoffs. Boy, some, some big favorites could get knocked out by the time we go live on Wednesday. So that'll be fun. That's another episode of against all odds for Mikey meatballs for the degenerate. I'm sorry. That's another episode of Against the Laws from Mikey Meatballs, the D3, and the great Eddie Olchek. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping.
You must be 21 or older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. You have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York. 